Welcome to the God is Not an Asshole podcast. If you are one of the many people done with religious dogmatism, hang on. You might sense transcendence, but your church or other faith community never seem to get off the ground. You realize that honoring your conscience means more than fitting in and keeping hard to explain rules? Hang on. You could probably think of the goodness in your tradition, and you tried your best to save that baby, but there's so much bathwater. Join your hosts, David Norman Moore Jr. in California and Carrie Connolly in New Jersey, who are collaborating to bring on guests who have found life on the other side of fundamentalism. Guests with stories of how they have liberated themselves from beliefs that divide us from each other. None of our guests' narratives are identical, but we hope you'll find something in common with each of them. We invite you to experience our common bond as we all inspire even more of us to embrace the true self. Well, everybody, we finally have Vivian Storm in the virtual house. Um, someone who is locally loved and loved in a lot of places because she does have to travel. We talk about her getting sleep sometimes because she <laughs> is in such demand. And a lot of the demand happens when the rest of us are asleep uh, those hours. <laughs> she is a Milwaukee native with the energy of a million storms. She has lived in Santa Barbara for over seven years and has helped cultivate spaces encouraging joy and belonging. Her love for performing, you know, and uh, as someone who has uh, been there for uh, her performances, um, her love for performing and entertaining shines through each of her performances. She hopes to leave her audience better than they came. Her love for joy drives her work and allows her to coach others to be their best self. So storm chasers unite <laughs> and hang on to something because a storm is coming. Yeah, I love it. I love yes. it. That is so awesome. Thank so, you. Vivian, uh, go ahead and say something about yourself. And I'm going to make a couple of observations later. But go ahead. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm from Milwaukee. Um, I grew up in Harvey, Illinois. And then we moved to Milwaukee around seventh or eighth grade. And so uh, I, I say I'm from both of those, those spaces because they did mean a lot to me um, and still do mean a lot to me in my upbringing. Um, and then I uh, traveled a little bit, went to New York to work there, like nine months. And, uh, and then I came back to Chicago and then back to Milwaukee and now in Santa Barbara. So I've been kind of coastal, you know, in the Midwest um, and try to travel as, as much as I can, or as often as I can. Um, I love music. I write um, as well. And um, dipping into poetry right now because people are like, I think you can do it. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that and comedy and all of those things, which is a natural part of like the entertainment for me. And so being a, a drag queen and, being able to host and do all those things kind of happens all at one anyway. So uh, people are just kind of uh, picking out, picking bas basically like a, a menu. Oh, yeah. I like your comedy, so I want you to do this. So I like your poetry, I want you to do this. So I read this. I like your singing, I want you to sing here. And so it's been really cool. Um, I've been in student affairs for around 17 years, or it was. <laughs> I recently quit. 
um, um, to pursue my dreams of becoming a performer and, and life coach. And so I must spend a year of um, exploring that and a year of looking at it in a way that um, is unlearning the lies that I was told about being a, a performer. You know, everyone says mm-hmm. it's, you're going to be a starving artist. You're going to be, um, it, it's just not a, a stable career. Um, you're going to fail more than you succeed and all of those things. And for me, um, this year basically taught me um, it is important for you to live your life. So if all of those things happen, so be it. Mm. But no one gets to tell you that before you experience your life. Mm-hmm. And and I and it's just been a beautiful year, and it's been some ups and downs, mostly ups though. And um, I love that balance, and I love what life is teaching me, and I listen more. And uh, when I'm doubtful, I think about that. That decision was big. I gave up benefits and all the things that people tend to care about more than they care about their actual heart and their actual spirit and their actual well being. It's security first. It's paying the bills. It's this. It's the family. It's the, the everything else external versus internal. And honestly, uh, as a 37-year-old person, I think about that and I said, I will not start when I'm 50. I will start now. And so I've done it and it's been a really cool journey. This year has taught me a lot and I'm going to keep going. So okay, that's just a little let me bit ask. Up. Did the uh, lockdown have any, did, did it play into your your process at all, you know, this decision? Uh, 100%. I think that the lockdown taught us that the things that people told us or the pe- people meaning the past, I'm going to say the past, people told us that we couldn't work from home. Lockdown mm-hmm. showed that we can. Mm-hmm. Whether we like it or how we liked it or not is not in the question. It is the fact that someone before said we cannot do that. And when a lockdown happened, it forced us to do it. Mm-hmm. What that showed me is that people say a lot of things. <laughs> but until something comes along and shifts your perspective wow. and makes you do something different, makes you not you don't have a choice in the matter, but makes you do something and forms you into something else. Then and only then are you able to truly experience what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that the lockdown tr- truly transformed all of us in some way, but especially me. I was able to do what I love to do over Zoom or over uh, other platforms. Right. I was still doing drag and still uplifting people through this particular media. And for me, I was, I was like, wow, <laughs> like, mm. wow, I can actually still do what I love. And it, it, though we didn't like it, I didn't like doing virtual um, drag shows um, because of the barrier that is sometimes uh, technology. Um, mm. However, you that so quickly... You've had problems with technology before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everyone says like, oh, you're young. You should know. I'm like, listen, (laughs) things are changing every single day. So I get it. (laughs) So true. I totally get it. So, yes, it was a challenging thing. But the lockdown definitely had something to do with redirecting, rethinking and reworking and rewiring the way 
um, that I've been taught about myself, about this life and what I want to do with it next. Mm. I love, I love what you're saying about kind of not receiving or taking in the limiting thoughts of other people, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because that can be, that can be such a, a hard thing to do because a lot of times you don't necessarily notice, especially if somebody has a lot of power in, in your life for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? Family right. members or people that you and admire. And prophesying to you. <laughs> yeah, and they don't shut up about it, about their, their opinions, right? It can be really hard, especially because those voices stay in your head, even if you don't agree with them, even if they, they piss you off, they stay in your head, right? Mm-hmm. And, and right when you need to not be listening to them is when they become so loud in your head, you know? And um, so what advice or what do you... What do you have to offer people who are listening as far as how to overcome those negative voices that have gotten implanted in your head? Uh, the biggest thing for me is to, is to refocus, right? Mm-hmm. I refocus on, on, on what I want out of this life, right? Because I think that we spend a lot of time on what others are expecting of us and want from us that we don't get back to, to us. And I, and the name of my business is called Inward Matters. And I chose that name because I think that everyone wants to look good. I mean, the way that we present ourselves every single day, I mean, we do all of this torture to ourselves, like <laughs> freaking threading our eyebrows or whatever the case would be, because the outward is so important, right? Um, and so I took a step I took a step in, I ain't going to say back. I took a step into myself. Right. And I started to look at myself and I said, what do I want out of this life? How'd you figure that out? How'd you figure out what you want out of this life? I I still haven't. (laughs) (laughs) I still, I still haven't figured it out. And I don't think anyone has. And and uh, the reason why I don't believe anyone has is because you're always changing. Things are always changing. Right. And all the things that we know to be true cannot be true, as you said, uh, Mr. Moore, <laughs> um, with, uh, with the lockdown. We thought everything was supposed to be that way, and then it completely switched. So for me, I took a step in, and I, and I, look, I look at it as I believe everyone in this world has a purpose. Mm. And our purpose has been pleasing other folks. And I don't believe that's the purpose. Mm. Okay. And so when I took that step in and I saw it from that inward perspective, I said, I want all that I need to get out of this life. How do I do that? That means, and these are the steps you're going to have to let go and letting go of what you've been taught, letting go of those people as hard as it is, like as hard as it is. People like, oh, I can't let go of family. Family is important to me. T- family is everything to me. And then there's this toxicity that they continue to to bathe in because of family. Somebody told us that. Someone said that family was everything. And then when we adapted that and said that that is the truth, then we we we, we start living in that truth. I saw mm-hmm. it differently. When I looked at that, I said family was at the time the, the people that hurt me the most. Oh, preach to us. And so if they hurt me the most and I'm saying that family is everything, then what I'm saying to myself is that I deserve to be hurt. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I deserve to be hurt because if family is hurting me and family is everything, then I am getting everything that I deserve from 
family, right? right? So when I let go of that, right? And I let go of my family, y'all, cousins, mother, sisters. I never had a father, but he starts, he came back into my life um, very recently. And I said, I have nothing to offer you, but I understand and I forgive you. If that's what you are searching for right now, I forgive you. I am good, right? Mm. When you stand in this, in this, in this independence and you stand in, in this willingness to um, explore life on your own terms and you decide that you want out of life what you want, people lose their power. Mm. Yeah. And you start yeah. walking through life. If you have a relationship with the higher power, which is what I do, I stopped listening to what people's expectations were about me and God. I stop mm-hmm. believing in people's thoughts about me and God. Oh, you're going to go to hell. You, because you're gay, you're going to do this, do this and this. I'm like, you know what? For somebody who is preaching love and preaching the word of God and, and all of these things and these interpretations, everything that comes out of your mouth sounds hateful. Mm-hmm. This does not align with the integrity of God. You're saying that he's all powerful and all loving, but you're giving me hate. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense to me. So looking inward, I was able to look at that and say, absolutely not. I want nothing to do with this world. I want mm-hmm. everything to do with living the life that I believe I should be living. And that is to be kind with to folks, to entertain, to do all of those things. That's how I got to that place. I, I, it comes from a place of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think well, everybody yeah. knows what that feels. Yeah. I was yeah. sick and tired of being sick and tired of having people direct my life and tell me what mm-hmm. I can and cannot do. And I know y'all can attest to this. You look back and see people's lives and you be like, shambles. <laughs> and then you come to me and you're giving me advice about uh-huh. what I should do and how I should do it. Your life is in shambles, but you have an opinion on what I should do because you think that you know what I should do for my life. So don't you think, Vivian, that as long as we are um, under the gaze, as long as we submit ourselves to the gaze, the, mm-hmm. the stares of, um, of critics, of, uh, ju- of the judgmental spirits, we, we can find ourselves overlooking the people who actually see us the people who are gifts to us? 100%. 100%. I have this concept that I share usually. I'm writing about it right now, but I I say it as much as I can. So when people try to steal it, I can be like, listen, go to the podcast. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) well, there's this concept that I have, and I did a TED Talk on it too. There's two places that I live. There is the fight club and there is the cheering section. These are the people over here in the cheering section that are, um, giving you love unconditionally. You don't have to do anything but be yourself. They're cheering you on Thank and want to see you win all the time. They are all the time. And they are going to catch you. They're going to like make sure that they're there for you. And they don't, they, and they, they, always they will offer invest grace. in you. <laughs> yes. And they always offer grace. Fight club. These are the people who are going to give you everything that you do not need. They want you to fight for their attention. They want you to fight for um, their acceptance. They want Mm. you to fight for nourishment. These are all necessities that you need in order for you to be a human being and to have a community and relationship with somebody, right? But they want you to fight for those things. And I call it the fight club because I get 
I go over here, over here all the time. And especially as an LGBT person, I'm always fighting for somebody's acceptance and nourishment and love and all these things because they've been taught that they can't do that to me. Or they even just like, how about leave me alone and let me live my life and, you know, like, right. let me just be. <laughs> you know? Oh no, we can't do that because no, 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 no. That, that's just, no, no, absolutely not. Right. So you have to fight for all of these things. I'm like, absolutely not. So I stay out of the fight club. I entered my cheering section and now my life has literally been amazing. And what I know about people is that they are naturally curious. I call it nosy, but <laughs> they're naturally <laughs> curious. And the cheering section gets so loud. What do those people over here in a fight club do? They try to walk over here to see what's happening. Right. Yeah, right. And what happens is your cheering section is so loud and they protective, mm-hmm. they're protective and they guard mm-hmm. and they say, you cannot enter over here in the cheering section until you get some things right. Because this person over here is amazing. This person over mm-hmm. here is, is doing great and beautiful things. And you will not come over here and disrupt that at all. Mm. Right. And that's what I learned about, about life too. You got the chosen family, you know, people who are your fans, if you are in the entertainment business, people really attached to something about you that mm-hmm. allows them to see themselves in a very different way. And so it took me a while to own that. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to, and it's, and I'm still owning it, but it okay. takes me a while. It okay. takes me a so, while. Thank you for this masterclass on life. Um, <laughs> I am... Uh, you, you, you know what I do, right? You, you know at least part of what I do. It's not all of what I do, but in a very visible way, you know what I do. And, you know, when you're, when you, you have a history, cause I've been doing this for decades, when you have a history of leading faith communities, mm-hmm. sometimes you develop <laughs> a, 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 you know, you're not as inclined to jump out there and be yourself. You're, more inclined to listen to what people are saying and where people are coming from. It almost goes with the job, I guess you might say. <laughs> um, but some of that stuff that, you know, that I, I know that I have taken in some toxic stuff just in the, you know, because I'm just being a listener, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice do you have for me and for all the people like me who position ourselves as listeners, probably in, t- in some cases to our own detriment? Two things. One of them is continue to listen, right? But allow you, and, and I think what needs to happen is, is since you are in a faith-based arena, is start, when you are praying for folks and you're doing that work, start praying for being able to be uh I don't know how to say it. I, I, the only thing that came to my mind is like a nonstick pan, right? <laughs> right? So you pray yeah, for whatever that power is. Whatever that power yeah. is, you pray for that. <laughs> so you say, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm going to also pray for that that effect where yeah. you bring that to me and it doesn't stick to me. It doesn't stay, stay with me, right? Because you don't want... Uh, you want to stand in integrity with yourself. You, you, you are helpful, your value is to is to help people and love people and do all of those. So that's the value. And the action is the listening, right? Therefore, you are in integrity with yourself. So when you're not listening anymore, you can't be in integrity with yourself, right? Tell me so be in integrity with yourself as a listener, as yeah. a person who helps folks, but also you're 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 praying 
part, that strong part of you being a non-sticking pan mm-hmm. <laughs> to people's <laughs> stuff has to go up as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I have done. I'm a listener too. And some I'll be in places where I'm like, this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> like you should not be telling me your life story right now in front on this dance floor like this. Like you should not be doing that. We're supposed to be having a moment. Right, right. <laughs> but you're telling me your life story. And so right. that's the first thing. And the second thing for me, um, when you start challenging people, <laughs> they stop some of that storytelling. Because a lot of people do not like to be challenged. They don't want to be like, hey, let me give you this one thing because it may it may help. Right. Mm. They're like, oh, I didn't come for that. Mm. <laughs> I didn't come for you to tell me, you know, something to like make it better. I, I just I came for you because you're a listener. Mm. Right. Mm. So yeah. when that happens, too, when you start like, you know, giving a little accountability or you kind of drop some of those things for them, they'll stop some of that storytelling automatically because mm-hmm. people don't they don't sit well with um with healing they don't sit well mm. with um they don't sit well with having a solution to something they like to complain and they like to have um this drama and they'd like for you to be their person to listen but that's how you stand up for yourself too not in a rude way like don't talk to me or yeah, i'm not gonna listen to you anymore or you come to me all the time and i'm just gonna put a Stop mm. to it. No, your job is to listen. Mm. But your your job is also to encourage and to help people out of situations. Yeah. And when you see that people, you, you start to know the type of people you're dealing with when you start giving these healthy challenges and they like, I didn't ask you for that. Mm. So well, find your person who's going to listen to you all day because I don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm telling you. So... You know, um, I, I, this is a good moment to to share how we met, how, how we encountered, you know. Uh. Hi there, listeners. This is Josh, the editor of God is Not an Asshole podcast. At this point in the episode, David started experiencing some technical difficulties right when he was telling us about his son, Matt, and how he is the mutual connection between Vivian and himself. We'll jump right back into it. So Vivian, you and Matt have known each other for a few years. Can can you say a little bit about that? Oh, for sure. We we were in different spaces, like different um, uh, programs or events together, and I would just see him here and there. And I just uh, he's an amazing DJ as well. He knows music very well, right? And so there are points when I was doing shows, and he will like be the DJ for that particular show, or that event. And I would just talk to him and, and laugh with him or whatever. Just great energy. And uh, super shy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but great energy. And when I got to know him more, he was just like, you are, you are good at what you do. You know, like, and I was like, oh, thank you, you know. And then um, we just kept in touch, like, mm-hmm. every so often. And I just always enjoyed just, like, being around his spirit because he just a lover of music. And I never met somebody that just had that much love for it and just knows it in and out, you know, and how to um, transform a room and create a space. Right. And I I think he adapts the same kind of mantra that I do is that I don't try to control people, but I do, um, I do try to create and cultivate spaces that allow people to do what they want to do. Right. And so in that, in that way, um, or in that regard, I say, music does that to people. Mm. They connect to, to music. 
So I don't want you to have a good time because I want you to have a good time. Yeah. I want you to come into a space. And when you're experiencing a good time, then you experience that good time, right? Yeah. And you leave again better than you came. So I think he believes that too. Yeah. And that's how I think we connected. Yeah. So so anyway, we, we talked about you and didn't know that, you know, he didn't know that I knew you. And yeah. I didn't know that he knew you. So that was a that was a precious moment. Thank you so much for being here today. We are people who have left behind performance-based religion and the shame that comes with it. Maybe you have a personal liberation story to tell and we want to know about it. Please contact us on Twitter at God is not an asshole or text 805-703-8393 because the world needs to know that God is not an asshole.